Welcome to Community Difference Makers, brought to you by Bankers Trust. I'm Emily Abbas, your host, and each week I sit down with a nonprofit leader from the Des Moines community to hear more about the organization they lead and the difference they're making in our community. This week, Jeff Fleming of the Des Moines Arts Center, where he serves as the John and Mary Papajohn Director, is joining us today for this week's episode. Welcome, Jeff. Oh, thank you, Emily. You know, I'm so glad you joined us today. I don't know that you know this. I think I might have mentioned it to you that your names come up a lot, but you are the most mentioned um, Des Moines landmark, uh, the Art Center, that has come up in season one of our podcast. So we're kicking off season two. And um, during Rapid Fire, when I ask places, you know, or ask people, where do you take um, out-of-town guests or what's Des Moines' best-kept secret, the Art Center and the Rose Garden um, were the number one responses. So we knew we needed to get you on here to talk about our modern and contemporary art museum. So let's kick off with your history. When and where were you founded? And tell us a little bit more. Um, we're actually celebrating our 75th anniversary next year. So we opened our doors in June of 1948. Um, James Edmondson in the early 1930s uh, left in his estate funds to build a art museum. And that was in the midst of the depression. So in his will, he stipulated that we had to wait or the community had to wait 10 years before they built the museum with the hopes that the funds would have greater value and the world would be a better economic position uh, to create the museum. So um, they did so, and they hired the modernist architect, Ilio Saarinen, to create the first building. And that really set the tone, I think, for how the museum uh, progressed over its 75 years. It's a very modern structure. It's in the prairie style. It hugs the landscape. Um, also in his will, he uh, stipulated that the museum had to be built away from downtown. And the reason being, at that time, coal was used to fire the furnaces to heat the buildings downtown and the soot that came out of the chimneys. Uh, he didn't think that that was an appropriate uh, atmosphere for, for works of art in a museum. Thus, we moved to Greenwood Park and, and created the first building. And about every 20 years, uh, it was deemed necessary to build another building. So uh, the first in 1948, the second in 1968. And that architect was I.M. Pei. And our building, the Art Center's I.M. Pei building, was one of his first building that he created uh, out of his own studio. And of course, he went on to create marvelous structures such as the, the Pyramid at the Louvre and the East Wing of the National Gallery in Washington. And in 1985, we built the a second edition, the third building, and that was by the American architect Richard Meyer. And he also has done extraordinary things, uh, such as the Getty uh, Museum in Los Angeles. So we have three buildings created by three of the 20th century's premier architects. And then in 19, excuse me, in 2009, we opened the Papa John, John and Mary Papa John Sculpture Park in downtown. Des Moines. So uh, about every 20 years, we, we've added some sort of structure to our, our, our campus and our activity. 
and we began as a modern and contemporary museum. And so our focus has continued that way. And having that niche has really uh, allowed us to develop into an internationally recognized institution. And for example, you know, there, there are many museums as the Met or the Art Institute of Chicago and, and others who are what we call encyclopedic museums, where they look at the history of, um, of art making, of human art making. So you would have uh, Greek and Roman and Egyptian and Chinese work, but our focus, while we might have all of those, it is within the art of our time. So um, in doing so, we've, we've amassed a, a, a wonderful collection. We lend our works all over the world, from the Prado in Madrid, to the Tate in London, to the Pompidou in Paris, uh, to the Met, to the Whitney, to the SF MoMA uh, around the world. Well, such a treasure for our community that those of us that have lived here our whole lives and maybe take for granted, the Art Center was in my backyard literally growing up. Um, I lived just south and west of the Art Center and my backyard was a ravine. And if I climbed through it and went through one more yard and another ravine, I was right back there. So, um, you know, you don't realize the international um, collection that you have when you when you grow up here. And so um, hopefully when we share more of your story here today, even whether you're new to Des Moines or whether you have been to the Art Center, Center many times or haven't been in years, um, hopefully we'll spark some new interest to get folks there. You know, one of my favorite memories was when the, I don't know that everyone knows this, the art festival, the Moines Art Festival used to be in your backyard um, there in the Rose Absolutely. Garden. Um, and look at how that's grown since then too. So you, you talk about your 75th uh, anniversary next year. I know you're in the midst of or, or launching a capital campaign. Tell us how your organization has evolved from that time to now and really what's next with those great dollars that you're raising. The the campaign that you're speaking of is our 75th anniversary campaign, and that is searching for funds in three buckets that they include funds for art acquisitions, uh, buying works of art, particularly contemporary works of art, believe it or not, are extraordinarily expensive. Uh, and to be able to continue to participate on the level that we need to and have done, we, we have to have the funds to be able to, to maintain and keep a relevant collection. And since we are 75 years and our first building is 75 years old, there are all sorts of uh, renovations and, and things that need to be done to maintain uh, the facility in, in top-notch uh, order. Some of those things are not necessarily glamorous. For example, a new cooling tower, a new chiller, uh, replacing concrete in the courtyard and a variety of, of things that uh, not necessarily you would put your your name on as a donor, but nevertheless vitally important to, to keep the institution running and running well. And then the third bucket would be our programming. For example, our art access, our outreach, our exhibitions and our education uh, programs. So that is poised, hopefully, to uh, put us on solid financial ground as we enter our second 75th or 75 years that we can remain relevant and engage this community, but also participate on a statewide, a national, and an international level. So it, it's always a journey. We're never there. We're always getting there. Well, and, and you do so much more than having a museum, um, you know, from your permanent and touring collections that you feature, exhibitions um, that that are just really outstanding, and you've mentioned some of those, but classes for 
um, students of all ages or special events or the sculpture park you've mentioned, you've got a restaurant, um, and just a lot of community outreach. Um, tell us what most people don't know about your organization or tell us a little bit more about some of those unique things. Absolutely. And the, it, we're, our title is the Des Moines Arts Center. And that is because we're both a museum and a school. So we have a studio wing. Um, we've had up to 4,000 students a year, uh, more than 400 classes a year for all age groups from two to, to 100. It certainly is a vital part of creating a hands-on experiences for individuals. You, you don't, it's not a degree. You don't get a degree. You don't get credit. Um, so certainly it's a community school. Uh, but it's it's an avenue for those who are interested and those who are just wanting to become interested to have hands-on experience. And that has proven to be such an extraordinary audience development tool. But in addition to that, and I'm so glad that you asked because it's it's probably not well known in the community, we call it uh, Art Access, which is our outreach programs. In any given year, we could be collaborating with 40 to 50 social service organizations in the community. It could be from the Oak Ridge neighborhood to AMP to the Boys and Girls Club to veterans groups to Alzheimer's groups to refugee groups, uh, primarily for youth at risk, but certainly all of the things I just mentioned. And this is not necessarily about making a pretty picture or making a great pot, for example. It is about developing self-awareness. It's about developing skills to uh, engage with the world. It could be for um, children and or adults who are on the artistic spectrum. Um, so any number of opportunities where art making or art looking can create avenues to engage the world. It's very, very important part of what we do and uh, devote a great deal of uh, time, effort, and resources into making that a viable uh, component of who we are. Oh, we, we, we are here, we exist for the community. We exist to engage in the community and that means to, to engage in the entire community. So that, that uh, continues to be our mantra here at the Arts Center. So you've been with the Art Center since 1999, is that correct? I have. You've Almost seen a lot. Five years. And one it's third now of its history. Yeah. One third of its history. And you've announced your plans to retire in about a year. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your leadership journey. What what you did before the Art Center, what brought you into this nonprofit leadership role, and then tell us a little bit about what's next for Jeff Fleming. I, I've always said that I, I'm an incredibly lucky individual. I grew up in a small town in eastern North Carolina, and I vividly remember my parents taking me to the North Carolina Museum of, Ra of Art in, in Raleigh, and how extraordinary that experience was, how magical and transformational that experience was, and, and that is what I try to replicate here, um, to see the world in a different way, to see that there's a larger world than what you know. Um, and that was so terribly exciting for me. And um, I certainly want to share that. So um, I actually have always been an artist myself and, and I have a, a degree, a master's degree in painting from Pratt Institute. So I don't know if I'm oversharing, but uh, anyway, I made a telephone call from my little town in North Carolina to someone my 
uh, parents knew in New York. And this person happened to work at the development office at the Metropolitan Opera. So I called her out of the blue and said, hey, I'm going to go to New York and go to school. I'm looking for a job. I just want to make some connections. And um, I got a job in the Development and Public Affairs Office of the Metropolitan Opera. Um, I did not do anything important or significant, but nevertheless, I, I worked there during all my uh, graduate school days in, in New York, and it proved uh, uh, a, a great learning opportunity to see how development works, to see how uh, nonprofits function, see how very um, uh, excellent and qualitative institutions go about their work. Uh, and so that led to work at the Spoleto Festival uh, USA in Charleston, and that led to work at the Smithsonian Institution uh, in Washington, D.C., and that led to a job at a museum in North Carolina where I began as an audience development coordinator. I uh, worked in membership, went into the curatorial world, and then moved to Des Moines as curator, and then became senior curator, and then became deputy director, and then acting director and director. So that that is my path. Um, to now. So what happens next? Um, uh, I don't know for sure. I, I do think it's it's probably uh, for a variety of reasons. We're finishing the 75th campaign. We're finishing our reaccreditation through AAM, which is a field accreditation project. Our strategic plan will be finished. Our current one will be finished next year. So it seems to be and will uh, begin the celebrations of that 75 years. So it seems to be uh, a wonderful time to step aside and, and let someone else's vision um, and energy continue uh, the Art Center moving forward. What I'm going to do, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what opportunities might arise. Good. Hopefully we still see your uh friendly face around town and still helping build up our community. We, we, um, we plan to be here, yes. Wonderful, great news. Well, thank you for sharing that journey. What an amazing story. You clearly have a lot of passion about the Des Moines Art Center. What's your favorite part of leading this organization? Um, it, it has, well, there, there are two favorite parts. Well, there's probably more, but we'll talk about two. Um, of course, it's the art part. It's the um, searching out um, noting and acquiring works of art for the collection, whether it's filling holes in the historic collection, whether it's finding uh, an artist who um, you believe is making a contribution to the art of our time, but you believe that that contribution will become significant um, uh, as, as that artist progresses and as the art world progresses uh, and creating uh, exhibitions. Uh, being an artist myself, and I don't necessarily make art uh, today, but, but creating avenues for people to engage, whether it be programs or whether it be exhibitions, whether it's producing a book with an exhibition, uh, it's certainly a very creative act. Um, so that component, the art component, um, is, is really, really quite exciting. Even when you reframe something, it's like Christmas because it's, it's, it's the work looks new and it's presented in a new way. 
Um, so that's terribly exciting. Um, the other is, it's really the community. This is a very, very special community. Um, and I know you're very much aware of it and you're part of the specialness of this community and, and Bankers Trust certainly is as well. But this community has historically anticipated, demanded, expected quality and excellence or degree of participation, not only on a statewide local, not only on a national level, but on an international level. And that is so important. Um, and it's not just with the art centers, it's with, with every other organization here. There's the expectation that you will illustrate what is happening on an international level and be equal to or part or participate on that level. And having that expectation pushes you to, to do it. And, and of course, there's, as, as you're well aware, there's an extraordinary group of, of leaders historically as well as contemporary who's pushing this city and pushing these organizations to be the very best they can be. You know, one thing listeners may not know is, and maybe you don't realize what a big impact you had with um, several years ago, the bank decided to create and cultivate our own collection of Iowa artists uh, pieces of work. And you were the first person I sat down with just to say, where do we start? Who do we consider? Um, and so we appreciate that you're willing to share that expertise and share names and, and get us uh, set on the right track and really help us set that out. So in that first collection, we bought 12 pieces of um, artwork, all various mediums, that were by artists currently living or working in Iowa. Um, and we uh, launched those at a big, event, a big event with our private banking team and the artists. And then we put one in each of our 12 central Iowa branches. And what was really fun, and I think you gave us this idea, was to pick artists that have great stories. Um, because we not only have beautiful pieces of art that change every time our customers come in the bank, but a lot of the artists have really great stories and that gives the bankers something to talk about with customers that's you know, different and, and community-minded. Um, so we did that and after two years when they'd all rotated, we started over and we did it all again. So those of you that wanna see pieces from our Bankers Trust Iowa Art Collection, um, those are currently in branches and due to COVID, the, the rotations went a little bit slower um, when, our, when our doors were closed, but those pieces are out and rotating again and, and, um, and we're excited to be able to also help contribute to the art artist community. Um, shout out to Liz Legit. She's the person who helped us uh, really find options and 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 select those and purchase those pieces as well. I think that's great, wonderful. So you talk about all the people in our community who've made a difference, and you're clearly one of them. Who has been a difference maker in your life, or a mentor to you, or someone that's really pushed you, helped you get to where you are, or that you want to recognize? Oh gosh, there's so there's so many. Um, uh, being an individual of, of such uh, little abilities and skills, um, <laughs> I've come to depend upon um, the, the brilliance of, of those uh, around me. Um, I've had some marvelous board presidents um, and and patrons, and of course, you know the David Crineers, the Louise Nouns, the Marion John Papa Johns. Masuku Radias, um, um, those that, that we're all familiar with, and some that perhaps are, are a little quieter. Um, Graham Cook, um, Mary Kelly, um, Kyle Krause. Um, there's there's just been an amazing uh, support team for me and for the organization. Uh, no one does anything by themselves. Um, it's all a collaborative effort, and and I applaud them and appreciate them all. And I'm sure I'm missing some, 
some folks, um, uh, but uh, they're just a few. Great list, great list of giants that we're all still standing on the shoulders of and 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 people who expect great things from us. Um, so it's, it's summertime in Iowa. What are you gearing up for? I know you have a big gala in September every year, your biggest fundraising gala. What does summer look like at the Art Center? It's really busy. Um, we have, of course, summer camps and for, uh, for young folks and summer classes for adults. They're all full, um, which is incredibly exciting. We've had um, just busloads of folks. We had 150 um, high school students here today. We're going to have another 150 tomorrow uh, in a special program. We had a wonderful celebration of the By Degrees uh, partnership uh, just last week um, with uh, um, three schools in the Des Moines uh, School District. Um, uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll be looking at adding a new work to the Papa John Sculpture Park. Mm. We'll have a, we've just finished, or at least primarily finished the, some renovations of our courtyard. So it'll be more usable and, and create a, a more comfortable and, and welcoming gathering space. We're going to do some uh, landscaping. We're creating what's called the Blue Meadow at the entrance to the art center so that there's a, a welcoming look when you come in, but it also functions somewhat as a work of art. We'll have uh, plantings with blue hue, whether it's grasses or flowers, it's called the blue meadow. Um, so there's lots of things going. Well, shout out to Emily Westergaard at By Degrees, uh, another great community defense yes. maker. And um, it sounds like we heard it here first. We're going to watch for what's going to pop up in the sculpture park this summer. Yeah, well, it, well, let's see if it comes this summer. It might okay. Okay. Later, but we're, <laughs> at, we're in conversation. How about that? That sounds good. You know, I think if anything else, I hope our listeners today are motivated to take a trip to the Des Moines Art Center or to the Papa John Sculpture Park this summer. Both are free admission, and um, I think both provide just a different experience every time you go. What are other ways that listeners could get involved in your organization and support your mission? Well, we do have three membership groups. We, and of course we have the general membership. And as you say, that we are free. So uh, there are no financial barriers to participating in the Art Center. And all of our lectures and films and programs are free as well. Uh, there are tuition for studio classes, but we have a variety of scholarships available um, for young people as well as adults to attend those classes. Um, but the, the general membership is a way to um, to to gather information, to to be the first to hear of programs and classes, etc. But within that, we have the Print Club, which is now forty years old. Its focus is educational, social surrounding uh, prints, and we did, I think it's almost fifteen years now, create Art Noir, which is our young professional group, which is um, uh, traditionally has a great participation. And this is an avenue that is both social as well as educational with, um, it could be flashlight tours at night at the art center. One of my favorite things that they did was, in, in, in essence, it was, I know it's not quite the, the right word, but it's um, speed dating, but it was using artworks. So you would list 
for example, oh, the five works that your favorite works in the collection, and then there was another person that said five works, and then you would merge and you would read in front of that painting. Um, so that there are innovative ways to, to gather and, and to socialize. And after about 10 years, uh, obviously the young professionals were aging out. Um, and, and we don't really have age restrictions, but um, uh, sort of aging out of the young professional group. So we didn't want to lose the, that participation and we didn't want to lose that energy. So we started another group called Salon 4700, uh, which is the next level, if you want to call it that. And it also provides educational opportunities, versus social gatherings where you might visit someone's home to see their collection. You might have uh, opportunity to meet an artist here before an exhibition, uh, before a lecture, that sort of thing. Um, so there are a variety of ways. There's also volunteer efforts. We have wonderful events such as our Day of the Dead um, and the need to have volunteers to participate uh, in carrying out those community-wide programs. For example, last summer, uh, it's hard to believe we're saying last summer already, um, Justin Favela had a wonderful exhibition here and we had a family fiesta on the front lawn. And so events like that, which are community-based, but also usually, hopefully, has a large participation and to handle that participation, you need volunteers to help uh, to, to guide and direct and, and to uh, facilitate. So there are multiple opportunities to, to uh, participate in groups and or through volunteer. Uh, and of course, a variety of educational programs are going on all the time. What a great list and shame on me for being a consumer of your services and a neighbor and not being a paid member. So send me the information, sign me up, I'm in and I'm gonna challenge my friends that are listening. Um, when you go visit the Art Center, pick up a membership packet too and let's help Jeff grow his membership base and how hey, I'm continue. Yeah, all I'm right. Okay. You know how to find me. Um, <laughs> And you know, I, the flashlight tour sounds pretty cool and pretty fun. So um, maybe I'll have to get, that, get that information from your website as well. You know, one, one just more thought provoking question before we jump into rapid fire. You know, as you look ahead 10 years, 2032 sounds like such a long ways away, but I keep thinking, I can't even believe how, how far we've come in the, or how quick the last few years and months have gone. If we look out 10 years, what is one positive change you hope will have taken place in the Des Moines community? Uh, it has to revolve around uh, DEI work um, and being a part of the cultural community. And I know the cultural community is is adamant and is working very hard to create opportunities um, for inclusion of the entire community. And and I think and I know we're working and I know the journey is long and I know uh, it can be difficult, but I know we're working toward that. And, and my vision is that 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 will continue and grow and be an integral part of everything that not only the Art Center does, but the entire cultural community does. And I'm sure the business world thinks, you know, is working toward that as well. So we'll see that across the board um, in our community. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better and I couldn't couldn't agree more. All right, ready for some fun rapid fire questions? I've got some choices, so I'm going to have list a few things and you tell me which one's your favorite. Are you ready? Okay. Beach vacation, mountain vacation, or city vacation? Beach. Me too. Bicycles or boats? Bicycles. I had to stop Car and think that one. 
Is that a hard, that was a harder choice? How about car windows perfect. down or turn on the air conditioning? Oh, car windows down. Maybe not today. It's a little warm today. That's right. <laughs> Lawn chair or hammock? Lawn chair. Popsicles or ice cream? Ice cream. And do you have a favorite local ice cream shop? Oh, I like it all. <laughs> um, fireworks or stargazing? Oh, that's tough too. Fourth uh, of July fireworks, stargazing otherwise. So if you're at the farmer's market, which is your priority, stocking up on produce or finding a tasty breakfast? Tasty breakfast. Yes, me too. <laughs> Last one, or do you prefer summer days or summer nights? Oh, that's hard too. Um, summer evenings are one are the best. So it's between the day and the night. There you go. It's that extra hours of daylight that we get in the summer that that are that are precious. Gosh, Jeff, you told us a lot. What is something that you want to make sure listeners hear that we haven't covered today, or if they can just walk away remembering one thing? What should that be about about your wonderful organization, uh, the Des Moines Art Center? I I hope that the art center is providing or or tearing down barriers for participation. And I hope that we are creating a welcoming, engaging environment. Um, so my my request, my wish would be that that individuals will who have not will take a chance perhaps and and make sure and try out the environment that we're trying to present uh, to the community. Um, so come visit, come participate, come enjoy. There are no rules. You don't have to have any knowledge, you know, pre-knowledge of, of what you might see, but simply be, be opening to responding. Maybe you'll have that magical transformative experience that I vividly remember today. That's what I want the community to have. Show up, bring a friend or two or five or a family member, someone that hasn't been there, explore together um, and open more conversation and access to art. I love it. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun to hear about the Domain Art Center, about your journey. Thank you for being a community leader and difference maker. Thank you for presenting thought provoking contemporary art to our community. And thank you especially for opening the doors of the Art Center to a more diverse community and making all art more accessible for everyone in our community, no matter who they are. We appreciate you and uh, can't wait to hear uh, in a little over a year from now uh, how your plans have solidified. So uh, wow. you'll have to keep us up to date. I will, but thank you as well, you individually, and of course, Bankers Trust for, for your uh, community leadership as well. Thank you. You are welcome. And as always, we like to thank our listeners. Our podcast can be found on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, or bankerstrust.com backslash community difference makers. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of season two, where we'll speak with another nonprofit leader from the Des Moines community. We've got a really great lineup coming these next few weeks. Thank you and have a great week. Bankers Trust, Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.